Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Just the Truth. The big news over the weekend was a highly embarrassing social media exchange from our U.S. military attacking journalist Tucker Carlson. Tucker, like many journalists and commentators, provided his view last week. So how are we responding to this? Well, at the White House yesterday, Joe Biden addressed it effectively. What's the American military's response? Here's what Joe Biden said. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work, where we're making good progress designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, updating, uh, updating requirements for their hairstyles. And some of it is going to take an, uh, you know, an, an intensity of purpose and mission to really change the culture and habits that cause women to leave the military. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. After that, the command senior enlisted leader of the U.S. Space Command released a video from his official military account attacking Tucker's opinion because, according to him, if you haven't served in the military, you're not allowed to have an opinion on pregnant women in combat. Here's what he said. I'll remind everyone that his opinion, which he has a, a right to, is based off of actually zero days of service in the armed forces. Let's remember that those opinions were made by an individual who has never served a day in his life. I happen to totally agree with Tucker, and the fact we're even arguing about pregnant women serving in combat is just silly. But wokeness means that you can't have an opinion unless you personally have experience with whatever you're commenting on. Like the command senior enlisted leader, a man who, of course, has been pregnant while in the military. Well, I guess there is an exception for him because he's on the right side of wokeness. And the other exception, of course, is if you want to be a woman while still having the genitalia of a man, then you can definitely comment on maternity flight suits. It's all kind of confusing, but hey, I don't make the, the woke rules, and we're not allowed to question anything the woke demigods tell us. Another official U.S. Marine Twitter account responded to critics in a since-deleted tweet they apologized for, because that's what we do in a woke society. They said this, Come back when you've served and been pregnant. Yikes. But a lot of rational people are rightly upset about the ridiculousness of maternity flight suits and are now even more appalled at the military's woke response. Conservative blogger Matt Walsh said this, Military leaders stood in front of cameras in uniform and attacked a cable news host for expressing his opinions this week. And all of the people who cried about fascism for the last four years cheered at the spectacle. Jesse Jane Duff, a female military veteran, said, You are a bunch of clowns if you think your attacks on civilians on Twitter actually supports female warfighters. Your righteous indignation using an official Marine Corps account is embarrassing to all Marines. Promote the Corps instead of angry tweets at civilians. 
We've talked on this show about the importance of freedom of speech and the right to disagree. And it's both appalling and shameful that an official U.S. military account are tweeting snarky and derogatory comments to American citizens for simply expressing opinions. The hallmark of a free society is the right to disagree with our government leaders and voice that disagreement. Our rights cease to become protected if we only have them in theory and cannot functionally exercise them. Of course, since this exchange was trending on Twitter, the usual suspects in Washington rushed to do something about it, and Senator Ted Cruz released a letter on Twitter late last night demanding a meeting with top-ranking military brass. But this is the height of social media politicking, when the news cycle barely lasts five minutes, writing these kinds of tough-sounding demands seems cool to your Twitter following and probably landed a few spots on mainstream media to rail against the Democrats and own the libs. But what is this actually accomplishing? What does he expect from a meeting if he actually got one? I'd really love to know what he thinks a United States senator can do, constitutionally, about an exchange between an official military account and a private citizen. The truthful answer to this is absolutely nothing. That's why I'm frankly totally unimpressed with this little two-page letter, even though I do agree with the opinion it expresses. But senators aren't in Washington for PR wars. Do we really expect anyone to follow up on this in a week or two from now, much less a month or two from now? Let's be clear, this isn't just Senator Ted Cruz. Democrat Senator Ted Lieu then tweeted a response to Cruz making headlines. But so what? Has anyone followed up on the numerous letters or tweet spats in just the recent years from the GOP in the House or the Senate? Most of us forget all about the drama flavor of the day once it's not trending on Twitter or talked about ad nauseum in the mainstream media. We move on to the next perceived crisis. But this is the way the Washington news cycle works. Something becomes news because it's trending on Twitter or there are enough people that write about it. And of course, Congress members weigh in on it just to get television airtime and remind all of us across the fruited plain that yes, they are working hard for us in Washington. But it's totally fake. That's the truth. And I don't expect anything more from the Democrats and the leftists, but conservatives and the GOP should do better. We didn't elect a PR team or a social media manager or renew season 117 of House of Cards. Congress is supposed to actually do the business of governing, not worry about the spotlight or the media play. Government was never intended to be a celebrity forum or a lucrative or even full-time occupation. Our Constitution intended regular citizens to rotate through our government and genuinely provide public service. Originally, this was in addition to their full-time regular jobs, and all of our founding fathers had other vocations and participated in American government as servants. Literally, this meant giving their time to government work. From a 2021 vantage point, the entire role of a GOP Congress member should be to repeal regulations, decentralize government, and give power back to the states and to the people. The GOP is in the minority, at least until next year. So what are we doing to focus on recovering the majority so we can accomplish actual governing, which is to say protecting the free exercise of our individual rights? I really wish that, that we went days or even weeks without needing to cover anything that happened in Washington. But that's a crazy concept today. But that's what our founders originally intended with federalism. We should be more concerned about what's going on in our state and local level, rather than the corrupt power-centric universe of Washington. For the GOP, if your goal is to be on TV supposedly standing up for the little guy named Tucker Carlson just because he made headlines, you have the wrong priorities. And of course, our woke U.S. military definitely does too. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Joining me now to continue the woke crazy conversation is my good friend Sebastian Gorka, host of America First on Salem Radio Network, and of course was a former administration official under our wonderful president, Donald J. Trump. So Seb, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Thank you and congratulations and first things first, I want to say in front of the whole audience, they know this, but God bless you for everything you did for President Trump. Thank you so much. And we will continue to support President Trump and the America First agenda. And I so appreciate that you comment every day about that. And we're not afraid to speak truth. And so speaking of truth, I'm not sure that I can actually ask you this opinion since you are not a female in the military. um, Can't become pregnant. Let's just put that out there. Hang on. Hang on. How do you know I'm a man? (laughs) Well, I mean, you are you are presuming my my gender. I know. How outrageous! This is it, this is, is, is going to cut beard? to break is pretty it, soon. Is it yeah. A beard that gave it away? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and also the fact that you do openly identify as a man, but you know, we can't we can't trust that anymore. I Crazy guess. Crazy times you know? we live in. Yes, but I'm still going to ask you your opinion though, because I think those of us who are rational and reasonable know that even if you don't have the experience of being in the military or the experience of being pregnant in the military. We can all have an opinion as American citizens on pregnant women serving in combat. I mean, this is just crazy. A couple of things here. So first things first, this is really personal to me. I spent the last three hours of my radio show discussing this issue. Why? I didn't serve in the U.S. military. I spent three years in the British Army Reserves. Uh, I, I did my time. I've worn a uniform of a NATO ally very close to America. Then, after I came to this country, after I chose to become an American, a legal immigrant, I spent five years teaching our military at National Defense University here in D.C. Then, an amaz- before I joined the White House, I spent two and a half years at the crossroads of the Marine Corps in Quantico as a professor of irregular warfare teaching the Marines. And, and what I witnessed then had me concerned, and now it's out of control. Uh, number one, since when does a civilian not get to comment on the military. Why is the military there? Is this some Argentinian junta? Is, is it some kind of society by itself that has power to decree its missions and who can talk about them? If that were the case, then can only police officers comment on police violence? That would be unusual, wouldn't it? The principle in our republic for more than 230 years is civilian control of a military whose purpose, God bless them, men, women, is to protect us, the civilians, and to have civilian control over them. And the idea that generals, senior enlisted officers are attacking a journalist because of what he said, it is an outrage and a disgrace to the uniforms they were wearing in the videos they posted on DOD Twitter accounts. 
Yes, and that is so well said because in our system of government, I think what's really missing to the woke Democrat left is that we are supposed to be a citizen-led government. That is the hallmark of American society is that we the people are the ones who get to exercise our rights. The U.S. military exists to protect your and my rights, one of them and the chief among them being freedom of speech and being able to exercise that in a public forum. So this has a couple of different implications here, Seb, which uh, the first one that I want to talk about is this kind of intimidation and this yes. quelling of freedom of speech. What did it say to you with your background and experience to have someone who is really top brass at the U.S. military in uniform posting that kind of commentary with the express purpose of trying to intimidate a journalist from expressing their opinion? This is perhaps one of the most disturbing developments in, in political correctness writ large and in the indoctrination of, of millions of Americans. Mm -hmm. and, and the most disturbing of all, I played the audio on my show today, when he was testifying for his hearing to become Secretary of Defense, a position that Lloyd Austin, according to U.S. statute, was not actually permitted to apply for and be nominated for because he was too recently a general. According to U.S. statute, he shouldn't have been nominated. The Senate had to give a special pardon and exemption for Lloyd Austin to become the civilian Secretary of Defense because not long ago he'd been a four-star general. In his testimony, wow. and, and this is why the GOP is so rotten to the core, we had more than 90 senators approve this man's appointment. He said in his testimony, we have enemies, quote-unquote, enemies inside the U.S. military. And of course, he was referring to this, this Shilabeth, this, this boogeyman of white supremacists. Now, as a former military individual who's trained thousands of military servicemen and women, the word enemy is used for people you blow up or you shoot. And he's talking about American citizens in uniform who have sworn to protect and uphold this constitution. That is the man who is now Secretary of Defense, who as soon as he became Secretary of Defense, ordered a 60-day universal stand-down of all U.S. armed forces around the globe to investigate white supremacy and nationalism. Now, what do you think China, what do you think Xi Jinping thinks? What do you think the former KGB colonel in the Kremlin who runs Russia? And what do you think the murderous mullahs in Tehran? They are laughing into their hats. They, this this woke karate, this, this woke craziness that is taking over the general corps. Uh, Admiral Kirby, the press secretary of the DOD, wagging his finger at Tucker Carlson. Uh, th this is third worldism come to Washington, D.C. Absolutely. And this is amazing levels of wokeness when these top military leaders are expressing, as you just said, that the enemy of America is our own citizens who are speaking opinions, are speaking truth to power, rather than calling out our actual foreign enemies. And that's what the woke culture is, that's really what their agenda is, right? Is to say that the biggest harm that you can possibly perpetuate in American society today is this perceived aggression. They want to pretend that there's systemic racism, they want to pretend that there's all these microaggressions, cultural appropriation. I mean, I even saw, um, I was talking to a friend earlier today, that apparently now uh, posting 
a meme reaction of Oprah Winfrey from her response in her interview to Meghan yeah. and Harry is now somehow digital blackface. That's what they're calling it, is digital blackface. I mean, this is something coming from our U.S. military. What is this teaching the next generation about America? And what do you see the consequences of this type of ideology permeating our society? Well, let's be clear why it's happening and where it comes from. This isn't just, you know, happened because sleepy, creepy Beijing Biden becomes president. This didn't just happen because of Obama. This is an 80-year-long progression. If you know what the new left is, if you understand that Saul Alinsky wasn't new. Saul Alinsky was, was the translation of Antonio Gramsci, a, a communist in an Italian prison cell, who said, communism fails in countries with robust Christian middle classes. The only place it ever happened was peasant Russia and peasant China. If you want to have communism in a robust country with a middle class that believes in God, you've got to undermine the system from the inside. You can't have a revolution on the barricades because Americans aren't just going to buy it. They're going to get their AR-15 and they're going to stop it. Here, you have to undermine from the inside. This is called the march through the institutions. And they've been doing it. Look, Jenna, this is, this is just a sad reality. It doesn't matter what it is. D.C., the swamp, Hollywood, the mainstream media, the schools, the teacher education colleges, these have all been captured by the new left. We conservatives kind of, you know, lurched to the snooze button and let them take over and then woke up one morning with this insanity of, of Biden with two four-star female generals behind him like meat puppets talking about pregnant flight suits and new hairstyles for women in the military. I mean, this is not, this is SNL when SNL was funny. So why now? Because there's one conservative institution left in America, and it's the military. They, they, they've captured everyone else. Now they have to destroy the last one that is predicated on supporting the Constitution, being a patriot, and maybe dying for your country. I mean, let, let's put it into context. Those, those asinine multimillionaires who take a knee for the national anthem when they see our flag, like Kaepernick, the flag is what we drape our war fighters in when they come home dead from that foreign land where they stood up for our freedom. So this is the target. It's the last one that has to be taken down with critical theory, critical race theory. And the sad thing is that the general officer corps, the flag officer corps, is, is really part and parcel of this seditious activity. And that's why programs like yours, what you've done is essential. Every American must cleave to the truth and speak the truth, yes. because otherwise we could lose the military as well. Yes, and we are this close to losing our country as we know it. And this isn't just, you know, the kind of fear-mongering or something to say, you know, let's let's uh, take back the House or the, the Senate. This isn't just about campaigning. This isn't just about one candidate. One thing you said is so incredibly important, that the GOP is so weak. And yeah. that's something where we have to get back to not being intimidated, to standing with people like Tucker Carlson, like you on your show. I love going on all the time on America First. You are a clear truth-teller. We need more more people like that who are willing to stand up and to say this type of ideology can't permeate our society because we see the damaging effects and we see that in education. We see that and we've seen that, as you said, so clearly over the last uh, you know 80 years. And so in the last uh, just about 30 seconds we have here. Um, so 
what do you think then moving forward is the best way to get GOP members to pay attention rather than just putting out these little PR letters like Ted Cruz? Look, Ted Cruz's letter was great, but it's not going to change anything. Exactly. And I don't even think the commandant of the Marine Corps is going to run up to <laughs> Senator Cruz's office. Be like, because oh, he, no, that's, right. that's really going to change my mind now. Right? Um, I, I've written off the GOP. Uh, you know, I, I, there mustn't be a third party because then you're doomed to failure. I've written off the establishment GOP. We need a MAGA machine. We need a Make America Great Again machine with Donald Trump, the former president, Trumpifying the party. It's not about a man. It's about America first. We need to take over the GOP to turn it into a, a, a party that represents the interests of all Americans of every skin color who love this country. And the thing I've come to notice, and you know it well because you're on my show all the time, the biggest problem we face in this nation today, I've realized this under COVID, now this is lack of courage. Yes. Where are the brave Americans? Speak up, stand up, and just be dedicated to the truth like this show. Absolutely. And we'll be right back to speak more of just the truth because as Sebastian Gorka is saying, this is all about fundamentally a worldview. This isn't about one man, one politician, one party. This is why we have to get back to speaking the truth. We'll be right back. You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back to Just the Truth, where I'm continuing the conversation with my good friend Sebastian Gorka, host of the wonderful program. You've heard me on that all the time, America First on the Salem Radio Network. And we were talking before the break about the worldviews that permeate culture, that are why these types of things like you're seeing in the woke ideology today, it didn't just happen all of a sudden. This comes from an underlying worldview, and that's why we have to get back to truth. And by the way, if you noticed that Seb talked about critical race theory, you'll want to go and listen to my podcast with the Just Thinking host uh, last week on the Just the Truth podcast that you can find at justthenews.com. We did a whole hour and a half show on the underlying worldview of critical race theory, why it matters to truth, why it matters to what you're seeing in culture today. So Seb, thanks so much for continuing the conversation. When we're talking about truth and why truth matters, let's get to the worldview behind all of this ideology because we tend to just talk about, you know, so sort of the top level things, what's trending on Twitter, but those things that we're seeing today in culture, that's not an accident. None of it. None of it. It is an 80-year plan. So can I give your viewers a little bit of homework? Yes, okay. absolutely. But these, the people who watch this show <laughs> want the truth. Okay. They want to be more uh, educated. They're going to love hearing this from you. As a rule, I don't read autobiographies. I, I don't have time for you know a 900-page doorstop on what Eisenhower had for breakfast on February the 12th. And I, I'm just not <laughs> interested. Two, two autobiographies changed my life. Uh, number one, Hillbilly Elegy. If you want to understand how Donald Trump became president, you've got to read J.D. Vance's story of how you know, the working America was destroyed by the decisions of the elite in D.C., and I mean both GOP and Democrats. The other one is a truly life-changing book, and that's the late, greatly missed Andrew Breitbart's mm -hmm. autobiography, Righteous Indignation. If your viewers only read one thing in the next year, it's got to be chapter six of Righteous Indignation. 
you've got to understand Andrew Breitbart, who created this monster of this impressive conservative website, was a liberal. He, he called himself a thoughtless liberal at Tulane University, whose life was changed when he witnessed what happened to Clarence Thomas. When, when Clarence Thomas uh, was subject to what he called a high-tech lynching at the hands can I remind everybody yes. at the hands of Joe Biden, guys, Joe Biden, the racist, the bigot in chief, who was the chairman of the committee that tried to take down a, a nominee to the Supreme Court because he was black and a conservative. The biggest sins, black and conservative. Andrew said, I don't buy any of this, the, 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 this Coke can. And the, I just don't buy any of these allegations against him. And that's when he investigated, how did we get here? How did the left, how did the Democrats become so radical? Ah, going back to our history. Yes. That matters. That's right. what the Crucial. liberal left doesn't want you to do. Do not, do. I mean, this is why Howard Zinn's influence on our schools is so important as well. But I don't want to get sidetracked. Um, Andrew Breitbart is well known for one phrase. If you've heard of him, everybody can quote, ah, politics, politics is, is downstream down from, from culture. culture. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but does anybody stop and think, what did Andrew mean? Yeah. Everybody can quote it and say, ah, but what does it mean? And I finally realized after reading his book what it means. By the time any issue arrives in this cesspit of a city, Washington, D.C., I don't care what it is. Pick your favorite issue. The right to life, the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, fixing immigration, whatever the issue. By the time it gets to this political city, it's too late. It's over. It's toast. It's done. The idea that you're going to change the outcome of a bill or an issue, you're 20 years too late. Any issue you care about that you think is important has been decided 20, 30 years before in the movies, in Hollywood, in the high schools, in the colleges, in the mainstream media. That's why Andrew was a genius. Why? Because he taught us what the new left, the cultural Marxists understood. Class warfare, Marxism, Marxism, communism is based on class warfare. You know, the rich capitalists are exploiting the workers. That doesn't work in America. I grew up in a class-ridden society. In England, if you didn't have the right accent, you're never going to make it to the House of Lords. You're never going to make it to the BBC. Class-ridden society. Here, what class? There's no class structure in America. So the idea that you could inculcate a, a communist revolution in this country failed abysmally. Saul Alinsky, the new left, the cultural Marxist says, OK, so how do we drive a wedge between Americans if class doesn't matter, if there is no class? Ah, we've got to find new victims. Now, this is where critical theory comes in. Not just critical race theory, but critical theory on anything. Is it the heterosexuals who are oppressing the homosexuals? Is it the, uh, the whites who are oppressing the minorities? You've got to find the wedge issue, whatever it is, to separate Americans from each other. That's cultural Marxism, and that's how you get community organizers. Remember that none of this is conspiracy theory. You can find the proof for all of this. Hillary Clinton's Wesleyan dissertation in college was about her time as an intern for Saul Alinsky. It is dedicated to Saul Alinsky and its title. You can't read it. I mean, it's totally classified now. <laughs> I managed to get a, a copy of it, and I, I put the, the, the conclusion to the appendix of my last book. Because that would reveal her worldview. Right. Yeah. The title of her dissertation in college was There Is Only the Fight. Now, think about that. If you're a Christian, 
if you love this country, you're not obsessed with the fight. You're obsessed with the truth. Yes. With, with logos, with our creator, with how do I serve our savior like he served us. You're not obsessed with destroying things. And, with this, and you're also not obsessed with government. Yes. Government is just meant right. to protect right. our right to participate in Because if you're a leftist, yes. you believe humans can be perfected. Yes. You believe the role of government is to create paradise on earth. If, if you know the founding fathers, who weren't deists, give me a joke, they were all Christians. They knew man is fallen. Yes. You can never have a paradise here. The only paradise is in the afterlife. So what you do is you protect the liberty of the individual and get government out of the way. That is the antithesis of the new left. And the biggest problem with all of it, and this goes to Howard Zinn, the most popular history textbook in American colleges and high schools, the People's History of America, is rapidly, rapidly Marxist. And what's the problem for all of these thinkers? Doesn't matter whether it's Alinsky, whether it's Hillary, whether it's Obama, whether it's Zinn. America is the problem. America must be dismantled. If there's an issue, terrorism, the environment, poverty, the real nub of it is America. We, on the other hand, know that America is the greatest nation on God's earth, and we want to protect it. And the institution that's meant to protect us is the last conservative bastion. It is a military, and now it, too, must be targeted. And that's what we've witnessed with Tucker Carlson, the response to Tucker Carlson. And that is so well said. And that also goes to the point that they're trying to to frame any of us who are saying, no, this is a beautifully designed system that is premised in recognition of the truth, premised and steeped in recognizing that man is fallen, we have to separate the powers, we have to design a system of government that has all of these fail-safes, that has all of these uh, guardians against the encroachment of within and without. And what they're trying to do, the liberal left, and you're so right on this, Seb, is that they are trying to attack the system because the system itself is preventing them from all of these different methods of warfare. And instead of us, as Americans, surrounding our constitutional system together and saying, this is the one thing in common that we have is our humanity. The one thing we all have in common is that our rights come from God, our creator, not God, our government, and recognizing the sole purpose of government. We're allowing them to strategically target and dismantle not just our culture, but also our system of government that protects that. So, so with that, and I want to get the uh, get to this in the next segment, but quickly in the last you know, thirty seconds, do you think it's a mistake or intentional that they're targeting these types of symbols like the American flag, uh -huh. like right. um, appropriating, for example, the rainbow flag on the yeah. LGBT? Uh, issues, all of those things, those strategic targets of symbols that we hold dear. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have to target them, and as you said, they have to dismantle them. But, but let me just add one thing to anybody who's still doubting and thinks, what's Gorka talking about? I can give you the evidence for why they believe what they believe. If you go back to the Kavanaugh hearings, when a godly man was accused of being a serial rapist on zero evidence, there was a moment when the whole philosophy of the left was laid bare. Two senators, somebody called Cory Booker and somebody called Kamala Harris, used the same phrase for the allegations from this woman that proved to be unfounded. They said, her truth. As a lawyer or as somebody <laughs> who believes in God, you know there's no such thing as her truth. Either Brett Kavanaugh is a serial rapist or he's not. 
You can't have Blasey Ford's truth and his truth. This is the left's attempt to destroy objective truth. Either he did it or he didn't. Well, no, she says she did, he did, therefore you've got to believe her. No, this is all part and parcel of the philosophy. It's the same as the phrase lived experience. Oh, you, you can't comment on pregnant fighter pilots unless you've been a pregnant fighter pilot. Well, actually, I can because I know what a woman being pregnant means and I know what having to kill people in a theater of combat requires of somebody physically who is deployed to that theater. But no, you can't because you're not a woman who is pregnant and been in the military. So this, this is the core of it all. Either you believe truth exists can be ascertained by the human being through revelation or reason, which is a gift of our being made in his image, or anything goes and everything can be dismantled piecemeal, and then, then the elite get to rebuild it into paradise, which has been tried in 40 countries along the way and has always failed and has led to the death, read the Black Book of Communism, of 100 million souls. And this is why truth and getting back to that core matters. And it's why these, these top-level issues are the things that we need to be talking about, where we need to talk about them in context, because truth has to exist. We have to continue advocating for that, not just your or my perception of reality, but recognition of reality. And, and everybody has to do it. Everyone has to do it, and we have to have that courage. So we're going to be right back with more of Just the Truth. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to Just the Truth. And I think with my conversation with Sebastian Gorka, my dear friend, who's host of the fantastic show America First on Salem Radio Network, you're seeing why this show is titled Just the Truth. We have to get back to just the truth. So, Seb, as we're talking about these things, I think it's so important that you're laying out precisely why the worldview matters, why our recognition of truth matters, why our founders recognized that truth matters and that we have to build a society premised on that recognition of truth. We talk about this on the show all the time. And so truth matters. And we're talking about how we have seeded this truth to the left over the last 50 and 60 years. Let's talk now about how we can kind of roll that back and yeah. some practical things for people who may not have as big of megaphones as you and I do. So first things first, cancel culture is real. And beyond the first reaction of ha ha ha, they're, ba they're you know, Pepe Le Pew is going to be canceled and Dr. Seuss and how absurd and ridiculous they are. We have to understand this is serious and everybody has a role to play. You don't have to be a host of a TV show. You don't have to be a, a, you know, a talk radio uh, syndicated host. You need to be an American who cares about the truth. Th this is, let me put it this way. Look at what's happened recently. Gina Carano who is the most popular character whose face you can see, who's not wearing a helmet, 
on the most popular Star Wars TV show is cancelled, is fired by Disney. Why? I can't stand any... We had conservatives say, well, you know, her Instagram post about the Holocaust was clumsy. No, it wasn't clumsy. What Gina Carano showed was a photograph of, of a German uh, uh, citizen abusing another German citizen. And she said, very simply, it didn't begin with the stormtroopers. It didn't begin with the death camps. It began with people dehumanizing their fellow humans, their neighbors, the person who lived in the ghetto. That's absolutely true. Hitler didn't build the death camps in 1933. He took over slowly. He allowed his ideology to permeate into that society. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. God bless her for taking a stance, for, for not backing down. Everybody who says, I'm just going to keep my head down. I, I don't want to get fired. I, I don't want to get my kids in trouble. I've got to ask a very simple question. How do you think the founding fathers would have reacted? Our founding fathers went up against the most powerful empire the world has ever seen. The British Empire, literally, the sun never set on the British Empire. The globe was more pink than it was anything else. And what did we do? A bunch of colonials, and let's be clear here, I mean, the facts are very badly obvious. The estimates are about 1.5% of the colonials actually fought the British. 1.5% actually fought. Now, those men pledged their wow. lives, their treasure, and their sacred honor. And you're afraid that if you say something on Facebook, your neighbor is going to blackball you? I mean, the founding fathers would be horrified. So first things first, find the gumption, find the backbone. And I've been playing a, a video clip in the last three weeks of Rush Limbaugh, not simply just to pay tribute to the man that made my show possible, that made all conservative talk shows possible, because it's, it's this fabulous clip that resonated with something. I was responding to hundreds of people since November. I mean, God bless you. You were, you were in the maelstrom. You were in the trenches with bayonets affixed, fighting the... the, the for the truth. For the, for for the, the truth, truth for to the come truth. out. And that's and, what's currently still being suppressed. And, yes. and people, I can't tell you how many people have responded to my um, social media accounts, to Twitter, Facebook, or saying, that's it. I'm done. After mm -hmm. November, I give up. I'm and just not going to vote anymore. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 I'm sure I've offended hundreds of people. I have the same response for all of them. And I type it out. I say, despair and surrender is un. American. Amen. And in this clip from Rush, he says ex in 27 seconds, he says exactly that. Somebody is despairing and phoning in or says, is it time to despair? It's never time to despair. Did they despair when the Hessians were coming across the river? Did they despair when the British were burning Washington for the second time? Of course not. And the idea that Oh, well, I don't want to risk saying something at the barbecue. Do you realize what happened on Thursday? Do you realize what the most powerful man in the world did to us? Sleepy, creepy Beijing Biden said, maybe, maybe we'll allow you to have a small barbecue on July the 4th. Go to hell, you and the rest of your totalitarian dictatorial 
elitist cretins. This is America. You don't talk to Americans like that. And I'm sure the Texans were laughing. I'm sure Ron DeSantis and his buddies were laughing as they were, you know, clinking beer bottles at their barbecues right now, not on July 4th. So we never give up and we never give in. And here's the key thing. The stronger the totalitarians squeeze, the, the, the stronger they try to dictate your lives to you, the more fragile they become. I have to tell everybody who's not familiar with my story. My parents, as children, suffered under fascism, under Nazi occupation. Then the communists took over, and my father was a patriot. He resisted the dictatorship, was betrayed by Kim Philby, arrested, tortured at the age of 20, and thrown into a prison for life. He was liberated. Six years later, after two years in solitary, two years down a prison coal mine, he was liberated by the freedom fighters of 1956. So for me, it's easy. But you're going to complain to me that somebody said something nasty to you on Facebook? Well, let me tell you about the lines on my father's wrists that when I was eight years old and he came out of the sea after a swim and like a stupid little child, I said, hey, dad, what's that? Without hesitating, with no emotion, said, son, that's where the secret police bound my wrists together with wire behind my back so they could hang me from the ceiling of the torture chamber. That's when you get perspective. And that's why whether it's calling me or anybody in my family awful names, the attacks that you went under when you worked for the president, I was subject to bring it. Yep. Because you only make us stronger. And Absolutely. if you're going to blush, if you're going to surrender when things get tough, then I'm sorry. You are un-American. And as an immigrant, uh, not an insult, most Americans have no idea. If you were born here, you have no idea how blessed you are having been born an American. And right now is when they want to take it away from you. Very close to this studio is a three-mile-long fence, 12-foot high with razor wire atop it, with 2,000 National Guards protecting it. That is un-American. Now is the time to commit yourself again to the truth. And I so wish that pastors in America as Christians would have even a tenth of the courage yeah. that you just demonstrated. Where are, Seb, they? Where are, where they? are they? Where are the patriotic Americans who instead of simply hiding and saying, I don't want to be offensive because that's the worst right. harm today in society, are willing to stand up and to not just be American like as if we are have some sort of Christian nationalism complex, but are willing to stand up and say there is truth, there is a God, and the United States and of America matters. was built on that and it matters. So we'll be right back with more of just the truth because we're not afraid to talk about the truth on this program. We have courage and we hope that we're inspiring you too. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back to Just the Truth, where we are going to always, nightly, Monday through Friday, have the courage to speak out for the truth because it matters. So for this last segment, I still have Sebastian Gorka, my good friend who is host of the wonderful program. You need to listen to it every day because you speak truth with courage. America First on Salem Radio Network. And right before the break, Seb, we were talking about uh, courage and needing to speak truth and where are the pastors? Where is the GOP? So many people in my Twitter mentions and you know, all the social media, they get really concerned and bothered if I dare to criticize the GOP because somehow we've had this whole tribalism mentality. And what's your reaction to that? The GOP is broke. I, I said it when I was in the White House. I said, said it repeatedly since I left the White House. My old boss, your old boss, Donald J. Trump, won despite the GOP, not thanks to the GOP. And you look at, I just look at the hearings for the Biden cabinet. You know, we have the attorney general who, who thinks terrorism doesn't happen after night if you're attacking a federal building. And we have Republicans voting to confirm him. We have the Secretary of Defense who said we have enemies in the U.S. Armed Forces. And we have senators on the GOP side confirming his nomination. This is an outrage. Could you imagine? You know, wh why does the left get to play hardball? And we, we've got a wiffle ball. We've always had a wiffle ball. <laughs> yes. I want to see more Lauren Bobberts. I want to see more Matt Gates, more Jim Jordans. But that's not the GOP. And to your prior point, I'm a cradle Catholic. I'm appalled. Not just pastors. I, where are the bishops? Where are the priests? The idea that for the first time in American history, we don't, we don't go to church that people stay away, that, oh, I can, I can dial in and watch on the Internet. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, right. this, is, this, is how I go, this is how I save my soul. Right. And this is so essential to understanding truth, is being able to go and participate in a community where we open the Word of God and we all recognize and discover truth. But that's what they want to dismantle. They want to intimidate the pastors and anyone who is speaking and preaching truth from not being able to organize collectively. And going back to the Founding Fathers, by the way, so many of them in that 1% that fought were clergy members. Yes. And there's a reason for that because they understood <laughs> the truth. that truth matters. Right. And so we have uh, now joining us as well is our good friend John Solomon, who is the editor in chief of Just the News. And John, I want to bring you into this conversation because I know you've been watching the show, Anna, to get your reaction on the future of the GOP and the courageousness of people to stand up for truth. Well, I want to pick up on something that Seb just said a few seconds ago about Republicans not opposing these nominations. Just a few minutes ago, the Senate confirmed Congresswoman Deb Holland to be the Interior Secretary uh, by a vote of 51 to 40. Republicans had all sorts of opportunities to block this nomination. Why? She filed a belated tax return. She didn't file her taxes in 2018. She waited to December 2020. Uh, she gave four different accounts on her Senate disclosure form and her House disclosure form of how much money she made in 2018. And tomorrow, I'm going to report on Just the News that she did not give an accurate accounting of her employment. She left two big jobs off of her Senate questionnaire about her work history, two tribal gaming jobs that she did not disclose to the Senate that I found her disclosing in earlier disclosure forms. If the left had those issues, they would have stopped this nomination in its tracks 
Republicans don't seem to know how to use oversight or their uh, authority in vetting nominees to stop any of Joe Biden's nominees. Well, yeah, because uh, Senator Ted Cruz apparently cares more about, you know, getting a meeting with top brass about some, you know, woke thing that's posted on Twitter instead of actually accomplishing the goals of the Senate, which are to vet and look at presidential nominations. That's actually textually in the Constitution. And so, uh, John, yeah. in terms of priorities of the GOP, what is uh, your word to the GOP about where they can go to recover, um, I think, really lost credibility here? Well, I never try to give advice because I'm a journalist. I always try to stay neutral in the opinion space. But what other people are telling me, people like Newt Gingrich and others, make this a binary choice about America. There are two visions for America. The one that Republicans have, Republicans think that's common sense, blue-collar, mainstream America. And then there's this, uh, what, what Republicans view as a radical choice. On every policy, make that uh, binary choice clear, boil it down, talk to the American people as though you're with them. You're not Republicans. You're with the everyday American people, and you're fighting for them against this elitist 1% leadership of the Democratic Party. That's what conservatives are saying is a winning message. So far, it's been kind of muddled in the, the first 40, 50 days of the Biden administration, but making this a binary choice, very much like Republicans did in 1993 and 94, after Bill Clinton became president, gave rise to the Newt Gingrich uh, revolution. I think that's what has to happen in the near future. Right now, Republicans haven't been very crystal clear about the differences. And also, they're not they're talking like Republicans, not like representatives of the American people. Yeah, and they're not talking a sub like Donald Trump did. And I think that's what Americans are really used to, that are on the America First agenda, that are on the conservative side. They've seen this over the past four years from Donald Trump, and now they're not getting that message from the Republican Party. No, absolutely. And first, let me say, you know, when it comes to the topic of, of this show and, and in general, the title of the show, I think if I'm allowed to say it for, for John, and he's a regular guest on my show, that's why you created Justin News, to, to, to have that commitment to objective truth. When it, when it comes to the GOP and when it comes to our old boss, the president, it's authenticity. This is a billionaire from Manhattan. When I flew with him to rallies in deep Democrat areas like Youngstown, Ohio, we saw people cheer for this person who were registered Democrats, whose parents, whose grandparents were Democrats. Why? Not because he was a billionaire, but because he was there for them. There is a moment when Donald Trump won the election. I think it was in Scranton. He said, what's the other candidate's motto? Oh, yeah, I'm with her. That was Hillary Clinton's motto. He said, my motto is I'm with you. That's what we need more of. It's not about him. It's about the attitude. I'm with the American people, the forgotten men and women. And that's why he won. And that's why, God willing, he'll be running again in over a year's time. <laughs> well, I'm sure when that story breaks, if and when it does, John Solomon will have that for you first. And, uh, you know, Seb, you said that word authenticity. And that just shows what we've been talking about throughout this entire program. People who are human beings made in the image of God recognize that truth matters. Truth matters, the facts matter, and I want to thank you both so much for joining me tonight here on Just the Truth. We're going to go really quickly now to Just the Word. Matthew 22 uh, says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, 
On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We close this show with just the word because the word of God we know is just the truth. <laughs>